0: was like a crack of thunder in the silent house. Her eyes filled with tears of joy and relief, and she reached to pick up the child, already scolding herself for being such a superstitious fool. Then the child smiled at her, and Charity froze, her fingers inches from her daughter's pale pink jumper. Chills raced up her spine, and goosebumps erupted all over her body. The child laughed. Surely no purer sound of joy was ever heard, and she stepped back from the crib, fear crawling beneath her skin. The baby laughed again, and she took another step back, then another, and another, until her back hit the pale yellow wall. In that moment, as confusion, guilt, and fear met within her, calling into question everything she'd thought she understood about the world and her place in it, Charity Marlowe knew only one thing for sure. That was not her baby. Fourteen years ago. The whistling tones of a calliope organ rang out from a speaker mounted over the carnival gate, the playful notes tripping up and down the musical register with a spirited energy. The kids from Franklin Elementary buzzed with anticipation, whispering excitedly to one another as they fidgeted in two semi straight lines. The music seemed to feed their enthusiasm and fray their patience. As she approached the gate, ten-year-old Delilah Marlowe clutched her brown bag lunch and stared at the graceful form in front of her. The woman handing out tickets wore a red sequined leotard with a black feathered hat, black stockings, and shiny black slippers. Her lips were painted bright red. Her blue eyes practically glowed beneath dramatic, sparkly lashes and thin, dark eyebrows that ended in a jewel-studded curlicue at each of her temples. She was the most glamorous thing Delilah had ever seen. Here you go, sweetheart. The costumed woman handed her a shiny slip of red paper, Delilah's gaze lingered on the sequins and feathers as the woman handed tickets to each of the other five fifth graders in the group, and to Mrs. Essig, their young homeroom teacher. You all enjoy your visit, and remember to look but not touch. Especially you. She patted the brown spike sticking up all over Matt Fuqua's head. With that hair, you might just be mistaken for a werewolf pup. The other three boys laughed and elbowed Matt, but fell into a sudden awed silence as another woman in red sequins passed by, walking on her black-gloved hands. Her tiny waist was bent backward at a severe angle so that both of her bare feet dangled over her head, her toes nearly touching the top of her skull. Delilah couldn't stop staring. Shelley Wells linked her arm with Delilah's as they stepped through the gate and into the carnival, How does she do that? She's a circus freak. Matt marched past the girls as if he owned the whole midway. My dad says some of them are just as weird as the monsters they got in cages. Mrs. Essig hurried to catch up with him, shooting an apologetic glance at the red sequined woman. They're human, she whispered fiercely as she grabbed the back of Matt's shirt to keep him from wandering down an offshoot of the main path on his own. That's all that matters. Matt pulled free of his teacher's grip. Are we sure they're human? My dad says sometimes you can't tell just from looking. Remember the reaping? Mrs. Essig nodded stiffly. But Delilah knew their teacher didn't actually remember the reaping, and neither did Matt Fuqua. Only old people actually remembered the reaping, and most of them didn't like to talk about it. Because they'd all known someone who died. Or killed. Or been taken. Remember the reaping wasn't just a question. It was something parents said in hushed voices, something priests advised while they made the sign of the cross, something politicians shouted from behind podiums. Remember the reaping was a warning not to let history repeat itself, a reminder for humanity not to let its guard down. Remember the reaping was an American way of life. The teacher rubbed her forehead and pinched the bridge of her nose. Delilah recognized both gestures. Mrs. Essig was getting another headache. Matt shrugged, oblivious to his teacher's discomfort. My dad says you have to be careful who you trust because the reaping could happen again. According to Delilah's father, Matt Fuqua was just smart enough to be dangerous. Others who'd warranted the same description included congressmen from the wrong side of the aisle